You're listening to That YA Podcast. Fall for You, Episode 3. Wow. I mean, wow. Okay, I have to stop staring at my bed and smiling and remembering how Desi laced her fingers through mine and pulled me close and... Okay, well, not like that. (laughs) Sorry, potential uni administrator. I might have to accidentally leave this part out of my application. Whoops, one click and it is... gone. But I have to get this out. These emotions are swirling inside me like a hurricane and my mind's all cloudy, but not in a bad way. The butterflies in my stomach took flight this morning and haven't left me alone all day, but I'm not anxious. Is it weird that I don't get anxious around her? Julie, my school counsellor, said that Desi didn't make me anxious because she wasn't someone I associated with school or university. Nothing I did was to get good grades or please her or anything. But that's where I think Julie's wrong. When I'm with Desi, all I want to do is make her laugh. I'd belt out that song from High School Musical as we walked to the station together, or tell the barista that my name is the same as some character from some movie that we both love, just to see that grin on her face. One side quirked up higher than the other, and then slowly her lips spread apart and took over her whole face. But I'm getting ahead of myself. In between the first day of term, the night of the gallery, and now, there have been 17 times she's reached for my hand. Eleven little coffee dates, eight jokes that definitely had innuendos, and three kisses around the corner from the science labs. I counted each one of them like they were brushstrokes on a painting. Maybe separately they didn't mean that much, but together they made something... breathtaking. Everyone knew we were dating as soon as we walked into school, that first day after we got coffee. So we got our drinks, but you know when your hands are freezing and you touch something hot and it feels like it's burning? It's the worst. Sure, I had my caffeine, but who knew caffeine could be painful? But when Desi took my hand, hers was warm and it didn't burn. Even once we'd finished our drinks and tossed out the cups, our fingers stayed laced around each other's. We didn't even let go when we walked into school. And so yeah, people talked but not in that way. I'm gay and everyone at Westbury is okay with that, like they should be as humans with hearts. I don't really know how Desi identifies. She says that she's kissed all sorts of people in the past and she cares more about the person than what they look like with their clothes off. Not that I'm not interested in what they look like with their clothes off, she said with a grin on her face. (laughs) But yeah, I respect that she doesn't want to label herself at this point. That could change, but it might not. Maybe she'll just remain questioning. But to me, a label helped me feel like I wasn't different or alone in how I felt and who I liked. It made me feel like I was a part of a community and that my feelings were valid. Society's definitely heteronormative and people can try and reduce you to stereotypes, but I've encountered nothing but positivity in my experiences. I'm lucky to live in the environment that I do, You have to recognise what privileges you have, you know? I've only ever dated one girl before Desi, and that was in the summer of ninth grade. We went out for a couple of months, and I guess I was kind of scared for people to find out, but, you know, it's high school. 
It's a cesspool of rumours and gossip, and the most prized whispers in the corridors are those told of new romances. To cut a long story short, I decided that my sexuality wasn't something that I had to keep secret, and anyone that thought me liking girls made that different to anyone else wasn't worth my time. After that, I was the person who'd always make the school speeches on marriage equality and what event we were holding in support of Pride Week or Pride Month. Every day was Pride Day for me, the school's queer poster child. Sure, we had a few other openly queer students and probably a ton more that didn't want to be outed, but none of them were on the school council running for school captain next year. As soon as Stacey walked to the other side of the lockers that lined the corridor and led down to the cafeteria, Caitlin bounced over to me. She was always the person who I'd chat to about girls I thought were cute in English class. It was better than the alternative, listening to our lesson-inspiring teacher talk to us about the wondrous work of art that is Heart of Darkness. There were people in school that I associated with different aspects of my life. I was friends with everyone, and we all talked about different things, but never really in depth. I guess I kind of think it's my job. If I'm going to be school captain, you know, I have to know everyone. I waved to the guys playing football each lunchtime as I walked past the dancers, commenting on whatever routine they were practicing, and find my way to the room where community service committee is held. Never in one place for too long. Never lingering. But this past week or so has been different. It feels like I have, I don't know, a purpose? Is that weird? Sure, there are a million things that I should be doing for school and prepping for uni applications and everything, but Desi's different. I spend time with her because I want to, not for anyone else, but for me. And I guess there's a part of me that thinks I can help her get on her feet here. She told me how she won a scholarship, and from what she's hinted, it's not like she's rolling in money. Neither am I, but, you know, it's... Not like I don't have the money to get coffee every morning or pay for seasonal art gallery passes. Desi helps me keep my mind quiet and I help her catch up in her classes. Every relationship has to be founded on ways we can help each other, right? Neither of us is a helpless damsel in distress, but with each other, we can conquer the world. After a few mornings of us getting coffee, most of which were cut short by my early morning meetings for the school committee or prepping for house activities... I decided that I could afford to skip a few days of them, or at least be a little late. I attended every one of those meetings for the past two years, even when I was middle school captain. I figured it was time to cash in on my sick leave, so to speak. I didn't even feel guilty about skipping those few meetings. How could I, when I was sitting in that small little cafe with a warm mug of coffee between my frostbitten hands and my knees touching Desi's from where she sat across from me, and the way she'd look at me like there's nowhere else in the entire world she'd rather be. Me either. Sure, it started out as coffee, but it quickly became more. I couldn't help but count down the minutes to lunch in every class that I sat in. It didn't matter if I had to spend a few minutes reassuring my team for debating that I was prepared for our upcoming round, or meeting a teacher to run through my speech topic for next week's assembly. I knew that Desi would be waiting for me on that old wooden bench beneath the big oak tree in the Sherwood Gardens. That made me forget about everything else. How I knew she'd be sitting there with the white sleeves of her shirt rolled up to her elbows, her skin still flecked with paint from her last adventure. Her chipped black nails, even though we weren't allowed to wear nail polish here. Her hair that danced around her head in the breeze. The way she'd get a little crinkle between her eyebrows when she was thinking. 
There was a million things I didn't know about her, but there was only one thing I cared about. Finding her hand with my own and pulling her close. It was beneath that oak tree, straggling naked now that it was winter, that I kissed her for the first time. We hadn't even been talking about anything remarkable, just school and life and what we wanted to do once we were out of here. But I couldn't help it. I'd been thinking about the way her lips would feel against mine since... Since the gallery? Since we went out for coffee? But I can still hear the sound she made when my lips touched hers so clearly. It was almost a gasp, like she wasn't expecting it. For a split second I thought I'd read the situation all wrong, but then she leaned in closer and my heart felt like it leapt and melted all at the same time. I never thought that was even possible. As footsteps approached, we were forced apart. I couldn't keep that grin off my face the entire day. I came home and Mum asked me why I was so happy. I told her I was just pleased with my bio results. When I danced around the room without any music on, I just told her I was celebrating getting 100% on my English essay. When I stayed up all night messaging Desi, I just told her I was revising for a math test. A few nights ago, I knew it was time to tell her, and Dad, the truth. I planned to invite Des over for dinner, but not just, like, ordering pizza in. I wanted to do it the proper way, and my parents deserved to meet her. They've always been a part of my life, even with all the late nights and their sporadic work schedules, so this was something they should be a part of too. I told them when they were both back from work, having a rare night off together. We'd just finished an episode of Sherlock when I said I had something to tell them. You're pregnant! my mum exclaimed. We're going to be grandparents! She started dancing around the room like a schoolgirl. She's not pregnant, Dad scoffed. Five bucks said she's been expelled. I'll take that bet, Mum replied, poking her tongue out at Dad. Ugh, I know they can get on my nerves at times, but I love my parents so much. I told them that I wanted to bring my girlfriend over for dinner. Of course, they demanded to know everything about her. How we met, what she was like at school, what kind of food she liked. Oh yes, Dad was already preparing to cook up a feast. I could see him mentally planning out an entire three-course meal for all of us. Note to self, don't let Dad cook for next Chinese New Year. As much as I love dumplings, I don't ever want to have to eat them twice a day for the next two weeks ever again. And so the next day, I told Desi that she'd been invited over. It was more of a request than an offer. She laughed when I told her how excited my parents were to meet her, and that my dad was probably preparing the handmade gnocchi right now. I wish some of his talent with cooking had rubbed off on me. I'd only just learned how to boil a pot of rice. But then Desi's face dropped and her smile cracked away to reveal her nervousness underneath. She bit her lip. What if they don't like me? She asked. I didn't even know what to say to that. How is it possible that someone couldn't like her? I mean, she was funny and creative and she always knew what to say. It was the first time that I'd seen her look like she was even remotely questioning the situation. She hesitated. That was something I didn't associate with her. I tried to assure her that they'd love her, and they knew a bit about her already and they were looking forward to learning more. Something told me she'd never been to meet the parents of any of her past relationships. I guess she'd only vaguely mentioned going out on a few dates with different people, nothing that seemed serious enough to linger in conversation. In many ways, we were each other's first. First proper romance, first kiss outside the school gates, first time I ditched my extracurriculars to be with her, First time I felt like something else mattered besides school. 
Friday night worked out perfectly for her to come over. She had community service at the gallery until 6.30, and I was doing volunteer work at one of the small libraries in the city until 6. That gave me time to head home and change out of my gross school uniform before meeting her outside the gallery and showing her my apartment. All the buildings in the city looked the same. It was easy to get lost. I may have walked into the wrong apartment building when we just moved in. Desi was waiting for me when I came past a few minutes after 6.30, her breath making clouds of fog on the air. I pulled the earbuds from my ear and paused Stephen Fry's voice imitating Hermione's and stuffed them into my pocket, a smile creeping onto my face. Her eyes lifted and she spotted me, her expression reflecting mine. Even though it had only been a few hours since we said goodbye to each other after catching the train back into the city, I can't even begin to describe how happy it made me to see her again. To know I'd be introducing her to my parents as my girlfriend and that she'd be coming over to our apartment, and... But all of that melted away when she slid her cold hand into mine, and we walked down towards South Bank. Nothing much happened at the gallery, she told me, but that didn't mean we didn't have anything to talk about. I don't even remember what we chatted about now, but there always seemed like there was more to be said. Trams dinged past us, and the sound of a busker strumming a guitar wafted from Flinders Street Station. We walked down the steps that led us to the Yarra, where the restaurants lined the sidewalk and the river was still. The fairy lights that were strung up in the surrounding trees made the city feel a lot more magical than it really was. All we were missing was gently falling snow to kiss under. Shivering in the breeze, we finally turned off South Bank and approached my apartment building. Time seemed to speed up as we walked through the revolving doors, got into the elevator, and then I was pulling the key from my pocket and opening the door. Home sweet home, I said, gesturing dramatically. Desi flashed me a nervous grin and we started down the corridor. I followed her into the living room, dad in the kitchen and mum lighting a candle on the table. Mum rushed over to envelop her in a hug as soon as she saw her and dad greeted her from where he was watching the knocky at the stove. I laughed at the panicked expression on her face and indicated that we should take a seat. I'd warned my parents not to bombard her with questions, but they seemed to forget my threats. How was she finding the art gallery? Where did she go to school before Westbury? How was she finding the classes? What did she do in her spare time? That kind of thing. I felt a bit bad for her, but it was kind of sweet seeing her blush under all the attention, barely having time to pause between each answer she gave. Of course, my dad had to embarrass me by saying how much I'd told them about Desi, while also sounding mildly offended that I didn't tell them on the night we met. At least when the food was ready, that gave her a few minutes of peace. When she told Dad how amazing the knocky was, he looked at me in a way that either said, she has lovely manners, or I'm kicking you out and adopting her instead. When all of our plates were practically licked clean, I decided to drag Desi away before she had to suffer through another interrogation session. She wrapped an arm around me as soon as we were out of view. So, your parents are nice, she said as we walked into my room. I pushed the door quietly behind us and shook my head. Sorry you had to endure all of that. I rescued you as soon as I could. No, it's sweet they care so much, she replied. There was a bite to her words that told me perhaps her parents weren't the same, but I decided not to push it right now. Everyone kind of hated their parents on some level, right? Just because I loved my parents, that didn't mean they didn't frustrate me at times. We sat on my bed, looking out the windows across the bay. There were speckles of light and then the darkness where the water was. 
From up here, we could see all the way to St Kilda and Elstonwick and Port Melbourne. Some mornings when I woke up, there was a fog that lingered in the air that meant everything behind the window was blanketed in whiteness. It felt peaceful this high up. All the sounds of the city could disappear beneath us until we were in our own little world in the clouds. The sound of my parents talking quietly were muffled by the walls. I turned to Desi and told her how much it meant to me that she was here tonight. She bit her lip and said, You have no idea how much you mean to me. And then we were kissing. I don't know who lent in first, but suddenly we were pressed together like the room was too small for the both of us. My fingers were tangled in her hair and hers were at my hips, touching the exposed skin between my shirt and jeans. I leant backwards until I was lying on my bed and I pulled Desi down beside me. I never really knew what people were referring to when they said they had swollen lips from kissing too much. All I knew was that I could never get enough of her. I wanted to stay with her, our lips pressed together on my bed for hours, until the sun rose. I wanted to follow the smudges of paint beneath her jumper and trace my fingers over her skin and commit her to memory. But all too soon, I heard footsteps coming down the hall and Mum's voice announcing that dessert was ready. Slowly, as if the very movements pained us, we untangled ourselves from each other and made our way back into the living room, straightening our clothes guiltily and sharing secret glances. When it got to ten o'clock, I knew that I should probably walk Desi back to the train station. I didn't want her getting in any trouble on the way home. And then our night came to an end. I kissed her under the halogen lights of the platform and then waved goodbye, walking back to the apartment through the icy air. And now I'm here. I can almost still feel her fingers on my skin, her lips on mine. I wish she didn't have to leave. It's going to kill me having to wait until Monday to see her again. I don't know how I'm supposed to concentrate on my schoolwork until then. But anyway, tonight was amazing. Megan Chen, signing off.